Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Mike show. Hey. Put a little I never get this line out the first time. It's not even good. Hey. Put a little Put a little bit more in there, cowboy. And the bulldog. What's your degree in? Kicking ass and taking names. <laughs> On WGR Sports Radio 550. Is your Twitter X, if you you like to say X, uh, feed <laughs> just absolutely all about the Senior Bowl? I didn't realize. Maybe it's just like these big graphics and. I don't know. Just feels like I, I follow an inordinate number of accounts that are tweeting a lot today about about hand measurements and <laughs> the Senior Bowl. Uh, I wouldn't say it's all about that, but there's um, there's uh, I would I feel like for this time of the year an appropriate amount of that in my feed. Yes, I'm, I'm <laughs> but I don't feel overrun. Uh, I've not okay. gotten to like oh my god enough already uh, at you're, all. You're not Senior Bowled out. No, as not yet. Monday no. of the first day of the week, <laughs> right? You know, Ian Harditz with us on the Western Hotline, MB Fantasy Life, very popular Twitter follow X, one hundred sixty three point two thousand people can't be wrong, right, Ian? I mean, if if they're giving you their attention, you must be doing something right. Hey, I'd like to think a good amount of those are actual people, but I'll tell you what, I was over <laughs> one seventy last week, so I don't I have a, some bots in there. People are mad at some stuff I've been saying lately, but either way, I appreciate you guys having me on. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh I guess I don't know this about you with like the college draft season coming up as a as a fantasy analyst. Do you do a lot of your quote own research when it comes to these guys? I don't. I usually like other people do that work and I take my cues. But um, I don't know. Maybe you're a college tape grinder. I definitely, uh, you know, pass off some of that to the guys like Dane Brugler, Lance Zerloin, Mike Renner, you know, some of the true titans in terms of the uh, draft community. But I try to go through, especially for, you know, the top 25 or 30 skill position players in particular for fantasy, watch a few of their games and break them down to at least a certain extent. So, I'm, again, not as much in the weeds. Obviously kind of hard to go Saturday and Sunday throughout the uh, entire fall with it. But I try to pay some attention. Generally, though, I'm with you guys in terms of just being annoyed with some of the, you know, just hype with the Senior Bowl and Shrine Bowl. How many live football games do we have from all these players that have been in competitive environments over the last three or four years? Maybe we focus a little bit more on those and some of these glorified practices out here. I guess, yeah. I, I know you love your Buckeyes. Marvin Harrison, uh, at or near the top of this draft, probably won't be the first pick, but top five pick. Um, do you have a thought on like him, maybe a landing spot idea, or just what the top of the draft could look like, Ian, with 
Of course, the drama around Chicago and whether they'll keep Justin Fields or draft Caleb Williams and then on from there. Look, Marv's awesome, and maybe we'll look back on this moment in 10 years and say I was a complete idiot, but I do think the generational label is maybe being thrown around a little bit too loosely. I wonder if he had a different name, if people will be quite as willing to throw him inside the top five. Not that he's not great, but I do think when you start looking at him versus neighbors versus Aduze um, and things like that going on, I just don't know if Harrison Jr.'s body control and contested catchability is just that much better than everyone to make up for the fact that when you watch him across, you know, last three years, like I've watched every single one of his games, he's not the most dynamic guy in the world. And it's just one of these things where, again, playing at Ohio State, all these primetime games, having C.J. Stroud, you know, really help him out at least one year. I know, I know, Kyle McCord experience wasn't exactly doing him favors here in 23. <laughs> but I do just, again, wonder, Again, having watched Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and those guys, I don't believe Harrison Jr. is in another uh, stratosphere of talent. So we actually had uh, the fine folks at Underdog Fantasy kick off some 2024-2025 uh, fantasy drafts today, and he's already going in like round four, round five, at least in that round of things. So, yeah, hey, he'll go help a team like the Patriots or whoever ends up taking him be better. But in terms of just expecting him day one to go out there and put up, you know, a Jamar Chase or – I guess a Puka Nakua level season. I'm kind of out on that idea. Those uh, those other Ohio State receivers that you mentioned there, Ian, pr- pr- played a part in this. Like because I, I, it feels to me like anyway, in each of those guys' draft year, people would be saying, "And that's not even the best guy there. It's this guy." And like it just I don't know that narrative. It, it took hold, and I think maybe is um, I don't know. You're sounds like you're suggesting maybe it's just gotten a little too much airtime. I mean, at this point, look, guy like Brian Harlan, Ohio State's wide receiver coach, obviously did some good things in the pros by himself back in the day uh, for the Dolphins and everything. He said going into last year that Marvin Harrison Jr. was the best wide receiver he's coached, and then that Jackson Smith and Jigbo is number two ahead of everyone else. And, hey, just one rookie year for JSN. I know he's been battling one injury after another for these last two years. But, again, just based on what I've seen with my eyes that certainly aren't quite as established as someone like Hartline out there, I don't think that, again, Hartline, uh, that uh, Harrison Jr. is just that far ahead of some of these other guys. So, at the end of the day, maybe we're talking about, especially in terms of Garrett, Harrison, and Olave, like that could legit be three of the top 20 wide receivers overall in the NFL anyway. So, you know, we're kind of nitpicking to begin with. But, <laughs> yeah, man, it just comes down to, again, trying to appreciate how much of this is a player being incredible and how much of this there's a scheme that has also, let's face it, uh, been enabling a ton of production in Columbus in recent years. It was maybe Garrett Wilson himself who last year pumped up that Smith and Jigba was better than he was, or Olave. I'm not sure if they both said, said it. it yeah. Wilson said it. Um, hey, since we're here, Ian, I'd also like to hear you talk about Stroud. Just whether or not you're shocked. How, how surprising is his, his success to you? Oh, it was incredible, uh, incredibly surprising because as much as that Georgia game really showed that he was capable of creating more off script and everything, I mean, I saw guys like Lance Erloin, Dane Brugler shouted him out before, but they were saying the same thing where it's just like you never saw that consistently over the course of his career. I mean, Buckeye fans, more so I think because we had, you know, the Braxton and JT Barrett stretch and obviously Fields uh, doing his thing on the ground as well. 
like Columbus was dying to have a quarterback that was actually going to run the ball more than Stroud was, and it just shows how freaking spoiled and idiotic uh, some of these Ohio State fans can be sometimes. So, again, it was just with Stroud. There was no doubt that, okay, you give him a clean pocket, you have a wide receiver with some separation. I mean, his ball placement was always incredible. It was more so, okay, he's going to a Houston Texans team that, let's face it, hindsight's twenty twenty, but nobody was ranking these guys as anything other than a bottom five, you know, offensive environment going into last season. And then all of a sudden we have Nico Collins, Tank Dell and company looking like absolute juggernauts. So to see CJ Stroud again, take that leap in the Georgia game and then just make that his new baseline. Absolutely incredible. I mean, if the guy didn't get injured, he would have shattered Andrew Lux, you know, rookie passing yard record. And it's just honestly one of the more impressive rookie years we've ever seen, especially considering the talented cast going around. So again, it's easy to say now, oh, look at the receiver Stroud had versus Bryce Young. But I think reasonably, if we had to rank those supporting casts going into last season, we had the Texans near or at the bottom. Right. It, I mean, the, any point somebody could have made about Adam Thielen, some, the other guy comes back with Robert Woods. I mean, Tank Dell was just like not a thing yet. Um, so really good. I, I can't let Ian mention announce, as it were, that underdog big board season has started without raising my hand. Like, I know, I'm not in there yet, Bulldog, just before you start throwing shots, but I am in two FFPC uh, never-too-early tournament drafts. And and um, Marvin Harrison was wide receiver 17 in one of them, one spot ahead of Rashi Rice. So uh, somebody out there is ready to go Harrison over uh, over Rice. I mean, you know, it's early, like, like we know. Um. All right, so Ian, Stroud and the Texans in Buffalo, like the Bills and Allen go down to the Chiefs and Mahomes, so do the Ravens and Jackson, and it's another Chiefs Super Bowl, and we're just trying to sort of ponder the, the, the landscape here for these many great AFC quarterbacks, or at least potentially great, and the door is kind of slammed shut except for the one Burrow uh, season. And just like, what a story that Kansas City, in a year where everybody talked all season about their struggles, are able to beat the Dolphins and the Bills and the Ravens, you know, the teams that were all sort of hyped up more, you know, arguably this year. Oh, 100%. And, you know, you got to give all the obviously to Mahomes and company, but it, I think it's that Chiefs defense that has really helped him get over the hump in 2023 and now 24 specifically. I mean, by far the best unit they've had and everything Steve Spagnuolo has done out there. You know, the Ravens did not give up 30 themselves, but this year it was only the Chiefs and the Ravens to not give up at least 30 points on defense in every single game out. Ravens had a safety and a pick six here or there if you want to fact check me, but I will again just remind you guys how close some of these games were, I mean, I know it's a game of absolutes, and when someone wins a playoff game, they're the hero, and when they lose, they suck and they're overrated, but I mean, just, you know, if Diggs comes down with that perfectly thrown deep ball at the end of last week, or I don't know, just make a reasonable freaking field goal, and then even this game, I mean, Zay Flowers, we're talking about him being not a yard, inches away from getting that touchdown that would have made it a tie game, and hey, yeah, Mahomes, hero, sure, but he also led five straight drives that ended in punts in that second half. I mean, I sure felt like if the Ravens could have limited some of those just personal foul penalties, four of them out there, and just, again, giving themselves be a little more tighter with the football, the horrible Lamar pick to Isaiah Likely. I didn't watch that game and say, oh, the Chiefs are just by far the better team out there. Hey, they played you know better overall and did what they did to get the win, but man, Mahomes keeps uh, getting that trump card and being the one to stand up at the end, but I really do think the Bills and Ravens are close. 
it's really incredible with you know even even in the context excuse me of this conversation you know the quarterbacks are there's so many quarterbacks in the, in the AFC and they're all going to be beating on the same door 17 to 10 is this game between Casey and Baltimore with Mahomes and Jackson it didn't start that way it looked like it might be like a 38-35 type game the way the first quarter went but it's really telling that like we've swung all the way back to 17-10 in the AFC title game. I mean, that is not something I would have had on my bingo card, that it would be that low scoring, that those defenses would have their way to that extent. Oh, yeah. I actually take responsibility because I live bet the uh, over in like, the middle of the second quarter, and then no one proceeded to score for the next you know, two hours of action. So that was awesome. But uh, I will say, you know, sometimes we get so caught up in these conversations about how much is the quarterback doing and this or that. Like, if I showed you the four average target deaths of the quarterbacks that played football yesterday, I'm sure you would put Purdy or Goff there at the bottom, 5.9 yards average target death. No, that was actually Patrick Mahomes. He was the most dink and dunk quarterback out there yesterday. Every other quarterback was at 9.4 or above. So, hey, guess what? He was playing the Ravens. I've seen his wide receivers. I'm not saying Mahomes should be throwing down field more often just to do so and everything. But, yeah, I don't think at the end of the day this was a situation where the Chiefs offense was just on that much of a better level. I will say the thing that really confused me in that one was seeing the Ravens running backs. They only got six total carries between Gus and Justin yeah. Hill in a game that, you know, was never more than two scores out of it. So every other game this season, they were at 15 plus. And as much as I do think the league's better defenses, you know, Niners, Ravens, Chiefs, Cowboys, you're all going to see the best overall defenses also be better against the pass. You know, it's 2024 now. That is ideal. But the Chiefs, as we saw when the Bills played them, like we saw Ty Johnson establishing the run with a lot of success out here. Meanwhile, that's been the Ravens, you know, more or less their identity for the last half decade. So even if it wasn't going to be the running backs, more Lamar Jackson designed runs, just a disappointing way to see the Ravens go out. Do you have a guess as to why it went that way? It just did. I think a lot of people that, you know, really follow football and analyze football are trying to figure out what Todd Monken was trying to get done yesterday. I understand Lamar wasn't exactly a model of consistency throwing the football, but at the same time, like how many shot plays were we watching to Nelson Aguilar and OBJ down the sideline where you're asking the dude like in the wind and rain to make this pinpoint pass? 40 yards downfield. I mean, I know Zay Flowers like finally made some plays and stuff, but yeah, maybe a few more pop passes to him. I mean, Aguilar, if there's anything he really does well, it is more of the yards after the catch type of situation. So, look, I think Munkin did a really lot of good things this year. Certainly a net positive. Lamar's going to take on the MVP. That's awesome. I don't want to completely overreact to 60 minutes of football, but yeah, I don't have a good answer for you. It really was confusing. And again, especially when looking at the defensive-specific matchup and the weather, Mm -hmm. This actually ended up being the uh, third. There was a tie for the third most pass ha- happy matchup that the Ravens have put forward of the season. The other two games when they really threw the ball this much were against the Lions and also the Rams. So, hey, they managed to beat two opponents in this one. And, again, we're talking about an inch. Zay Flowers holds on to the ball for another right. inch, and then Justin Tucker drills a field goal at the end. And all of a sudden, the Ravens got it figured out, and the Chiefs are the ones we're panicking about. So, just uh, d- disappointing, but, yeah, maybe next year, Ravens fans. What happened to Bateman, by the way? Like, it's it's a little bit sounding like last year sounded with respect to Baltimore, like Aguilar. You know, Beckham really didn't work out. With, I thought they were saving him for the playoffs, but didn't really amount to much. Um, it's not quite Willie Sneed here, Ian, but Bateman, is, is he just dead? Is he a dead asset? 
it's not looking great in this offense. I mean, hey, we, we did see Zay Flowers kind of emerge as a quality, you know, wide receiver two, more like wide receiver three in fantasy around more weeks than not. But, hey, even without Mark Andrews, there was Isaiah Likely rising up and becoming the primary touchdown scorer. And this obviously continues to more weeks than not be a team that is happy to lean on the run when they're able to do so. So I was surprised with Bateman because I remember around weeks, you know, seven or eight, if you actually were grinding some of the uh, all 22, it seemed like he got his speed back and you kind of see him, you know, getting open deep and not getting a catchable ball or a drop here or there. But sadly, between him and you said it, OBJ, we just never quite saw either guy get going down the stretch like we thought we were going to. So not to even, you know, say that Aguilar shouldn't have been out there. He made some plays. And, my God, you talk about one meme just defining a single dude's entire existence. Like, Nelson Aguilar was a perfectly fine wide receiver (laughs) four. I understand if Eagles fans aren't thrilled about the return they got for a first-round pick. But, man, the dude cannot uh, go a day without getting 10 of those uh, Eagles memes sent out there. So it is funny. But long story short, I mean, this Ravens offense was still a top-five group on the season. I think if they bring back these wide receivers, maybe add just another day two pick or something they should be fine but hey obj i mean we were all kind of surprised when he got what was it 18 million so they're gonna have a good amount of room to go ahead and if not bring him back maybe bring in someone else that can give him a better spark ian i I hope we have time to get to the nfc championship game at least briefly and then the bills in the offseason but still on this game just quickly you mentioned like drafts have started for next year We, we sickos um, may, maybe Travis Kelsey's position in drafts has changed already from when it started, say, two weeks ago or whatever, because a lot of this year was, okay, time's up. Like, he's not with as good as Laporta was, and really a nice uh, renaissance here for the tight end position. A lot of guys were talking about, but here in the playoffs, and quintessentially yesterday, the great touchdown catch, it's a huge vintage Travis Kelsey game, what do you think at this point, as I ask you, is he your tight end one next year? I think I'd have to still give him the benefit of the doubt. Probably Kelsey one, Sam Laporta, Mark Andrews two. And then, unfortunately, I mean, the guy that was about to really knock off Kelsey this year is TJ Hawkinson, but now we got to consider, you know, what he's going to be able to do coming back from the injury and if Kirk Cousins is going to be there as well. So, I think Kelsey still deserves the one spot. I mean, it wasn't as pretty this year, for sure. We all saw the numbers and everything. But it was more so relative to Travis Kelsey than, like, him completely falling off a cliff as, you know, an NFL tight end. So, again, the efficiency numbers weren't quite as elite as usual. But relative just to normal human being tight ends, he was still doing pretty good for himself. But, man, the things this dude can, can do in the playoffs. I mean, we all saw the stat, you know, finally passing Jerry Rice freaking Jerry Rice to go for uh, receptions in the playoffs, but now, guys, just looking at it, he's played 17 postseason games with Patrick Mahomes, so like an entire modern-day season's worth, and the dude has 18 touchdowns, 1,516 yards, and 133 catches, so it's week in and week out, season in, season out, shining brightest, even though, as we've seen this year, defenses know absolutely where the ball's going each and every time, so over these last two weeks specifically, too, I mean, he's got 16 passes on 17 targets. The ball's not even hitting the ground. So all the credit in the world. And yeah, guess what? It's not like as much as Kelsey in his prime, obviously like master, like Yaxter and everything going on there. But if there is a situation where a guy can probably age gracefully for a year or two longer, probably when you got Patrick Mahomes under center, you know, with that sort of chemistry they developed. That that touchdown from Mahomes to Kelsey yesterday, early in that game is like, you can't defend it. Like Kyle Hamilton is, is he, I mean, he's, 
it's great coverage. He's like that's the athlete you want on him. We all watched AJ Klein chasing Travis Kelsey around last week, and that was not fun uh, in Buffalo. But that that's the guy that you you have to like try to neutralize Kelsey. He's right there, and the ball is just perfect. The catch is perfect. I mean, good luck to you. Oh yeah, that was incredible. I mean, Notre Dame was getting a little bit of a bad uh, rap there for a minute because Hamilton, again, great coverage, but did give up the touchdown. And then Ronnie Stanley let the guy go around him for the strip sack. But Hamilton, it felt like after that play, I mean, he must have made the next ten tackles out there. You could tell he took it personally uh, to some extent. But that's the thing. This Ravens defense. I mean, again, for them to give up two touchdowns in the first two drives and then completely close the show pretty much until that MBS catch at the end. Absolute madness. So, also shout out to, by the way, Marquez Valdez Scantling. This dude, like, okay, last year he was a bit more boomer bust, but this year, like, he just wasn't doing anything all season. He only had three catches all year, all regular season that were thrown at least 20 yards downfield. Naturally, playoff MVS, the last two games already has matched that total with three. So, I don't know if it'll be enough to, uh, you know, get the 49ers overly concerned, but hey, Playoff MVS, you know, just like Sammy Watkins for the Chiefs back in 2018. Guys disappoint in the regular season, but they show up when it matters. Sure makes, uh, you know, let's look back at their uh, memories with a lot more fondness. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not sure we'll have time to get to San Francisco, Detroit, but here are the Bills, Ian. Just uh, your thoughts on how they might be different. I don't know where you ended up with Stephon Diggs. You mentioned the drop pass in the playoff game. Some amount of consternation here about where he's at in his career now now at 30 and just how this year looked toward the end Davis maybe leaving maybe probably leaving Khalil Shakir Kincaid and then we've talked about this a lot for two or three years now is this the year a first round wide receiver the first since Kelvin Benjamin by the way he would be uh, on this Bills team like it seems like maybe it's time for that should be options um Joe Brady staying how, what does it all add up to for you Ian like your your confidence that with Allen, another QB one year, that the the output you need will be there. We also saw them go run heavy toward uh, the end. Oh, yeah. I mean, after Joe Brady took over, only the Pittsburgh Steelers actually had a higher just raw uh, run play percentage the rest of the way. So really was shocking to see. But, hey, you know, it did, did get them a lot of victories and, again, got them within a missed field goal of uh, arguably pushing that game to OT. So for Josh Allen specifically, just in terms of, you know, his fantasy stock, he's fine. Him and Jalen Hurston play such a different position than everyone else like this regular season Allen had 14 carries inside the five-yard line Jalen Hurts had 16 no other quarterback had more than five so I know a lot of people consider Jalen Hurts a season of disappointment and it absolutely was in real life but he was still the QB2 in fantasy because these rushing touchdowns are just unmatched and as we saw with Josh he can really do you know the whole push push madness better than anyone really outside of Philly so definitely concerned with Diggs I mean we've seen father time really start coming forward wide receivers about at this point and just to see in the offense I mean Khalil Shakur had more yards than him ever since week 10 despite only having 37 targets to Diggs is 80 so the opportunity was there I'm not too as concerned about you know a random drop here or there but at the same time wasn't exactly seeing him make a bunch of plays so if he's back and the Bills say screw it you know okay I'll probably bet on Diggs again getting 150 plus targets but to your point I would love to see them invest more at the wide receiver position I know for the longest time, I talked to you guys last year, and it was like Gabriel Davis had the uh, lowest overall like round 
original, like when they were drafted of any wide receiver on the roster. So, okay, Andy Isabella finally broke that. Yeah. Like, Come on, guys, <laughs> let's go out there and uh, get some count. better weapons. So, yeah, exactly. And, you know, James Cook, he had some nice flashes, but my man's also dropped four touchdowns uh, throughout the season. So, whether it's, you know, whoever it is at whatever skill position, except tight end at this point, spending enough money there. Yeah, let's get some wide receivers and maybe a running back that isn't, you know, coming completely off the scrap heap and uh, see what happens. At least Isabella did not catch his only target, so you can still sort of parse it that way. And uh, by the way, Ian, don't sleep on KJ Hamler being brought into the futures oh, list. Oh man, I'll tell you what, KJ when he was at Penn State, that dude could fly. I hope he's uh, hope he's healthy. That'd be fun, seriously. Yeah, um, that actually could be something. I think so too. Thank you, Ian. Always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Ian Harditz, Fantasy Life at iHarditz on Twitter. Bulldog, a big Ian Harditz guy. I like I like him a lot. <laughs> just exactly my speed on Twitter. I just it's it's it's. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as thirty minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's one of my favorite follows. He is. Smart and funny. Yep. Tough to beat. 803-0550 for your calls. Talking about digs there, of course, in off-season mode here, the draft. You know, hit us. You you guys have guys. You you have your guys. Maybe not yet, but I know you're going to have your guys. So um, we want to talk about that, the Senior Bowl this week. And, of course, Championship Sunday, Kansas City and San Francisco, whether we like it or not. Lines open, Mike Schoep and the Bulldog, back after this here on WGR. Let's address the decision-making. 100% right decisions by Dan Campbell. I think anybody that disagrees doesn't understand the Lions this year, Okay. Not only is it the right thing about who they are, but who they were playing and how they were playing. This isn't just an analytics thing. They've won four or five games this year by Dan Campbell doing just that. Dan Orlovsky of ESPN daring to enter the waters of the fourth down discourse. Here, a former player takes the coach's side. In this one, um, I point that out because... I, myself, and maybe most of us would kind of stereotype that, you know, or is it, is it the jocks 
who are the momentum kings and like take the points, right? Most mm-hmm. booth analysts are former players and they very often talk like that. Whereas, you know, the the quants who bullied their way into NFL uh, jobs somehow were invited in. Um, maybe, again, you would assume the other. It. I would not say, and he might just be sort of talking there, not really to be taken too literally. I mean, I, I respect what the Lions did, um, and I've had with you dozens of conversations about you know, games, Bills games, decisions like that that didn't work out and you lost and then it just becomes a powder keg, you know, we just start, we just talk about it like crazy. I, I wouldn't say 100% like Orlovsky did. You know, the the numbers on both of the fourth down calls he made were very close. Right. And so I would say nothing wrong with going for it, no matter who you're playing, no matter how big the game is, that kind of stuff to me is sort of baked in. Usually, I would I would not spend a lot of time on these sort of external factors like that, but you know, kicking there both times also would have been respectable too. I would say, like, I don't think it was one sided. Yeah, the the thing I would say I like most about it is that it, unlike I I, I feel like going into the AFC title game in twenty, right? Which you know the Lions. Lions are, like, you know, young and dumb and new, and the Bills in 20 were kind of that, right? Like, we're at this level now. We're going to the AFC title game. Whoa, okay. Um, And you had short field goals. And McDermott had rated pretty favorably even that year for fourth down decision making. Like, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a trailblazer. But he also started, or or, or correct me if I'm wrong, if, if that started gaining more of a foothold even after that. But... It felt like in the big game, he did what people are criticizing Campbell for not doing yesterday, which is recognize the moment. You got to get your points. It's the NFC title game. You can't do it the way you did it in October against Minnesota or whatever, right? Um, the Lions, that that's who they've been. That's who he's been. And they stayed that way. And I respect that. I mean, I, I recognize that it didn't work. And if you get one or both of those field goals, maybe it's a – a different thing uh, for you and your team. But they got where they got in large part because of him doing that the way he did it. And I think it always troubles me when a coach goes away from, for lack of a better way to put it, their identity, like who they are, how they do it, and suddenly you're in a big game, and, oh, I better get the field goal because I'm playing in Kansas City in the AFC title game. Like, that was McDermott in 20, and, I, you know, we weren't a fan of that. I, I'd rather go down being who I am and playing how, you know, in the way that is similar or exactly how I got there. And that's what I think the Lions did. It's so interesting that it's this guy who's in the middle of this one. Like, I remember Chip Kelly as somebody that was a little bit more of an outsider and less of, you know, like a guy's guy looking guy. So there it is. You can use that guy's guy looking guy and coaches who just don't sort of pass the eye test for like football credibility, like this, you know, hunky lions coach Campbell just get a worse time because the, the whole thing, like people in the game, and longtime analysts, as Jeremy called them today on Twitter, dinosaur analysts, they feel like they're being trespassed upon. 
that no, no, you wouldn't. How would you know whether we should a team should go for like what? What are your what are your credentials? And you know, you've heard me on this enough times over the years. It's not about credentials. It's about you know putting the effort in to try to figure out what's right, probabilities, all this other kind of stuff. Whereas you, that person, has no use yeah. for that. You're just like from the locker room, and you feel like you intuitively should know. So Campbell is an interesting mark. Yeah, he really is. I, li- I like that you brought this up. Like if Mike McDaniel, for example, is in this spot, right? Forget about it's the Dolphins and it's a rival, whatever. Just like it's the Dolphins with that coach, with the with the glasses and the like. He's you know he's got he's got sort of that rep. Right, he's not the big six foot four, two hundred and fifty pound former tight end that looks all like he could absolutely wreck you if you met him in a dark alley. You know, he's he's more of kind of a geek, for lack of a better way to put it. And so it would be, I think, raining hard on him because he looks like an outsider. Campbell is from the machine, right? I mean, he's it, it might be one of the biggest surprises in recent football that he's this sort of trailblazing you you know going for it like using the using the numbers to the extent that he does assuming that they're using the numbers i mean i don't know he's he, mm-hmm. he just old schooling it gutalytics uh and just going for it because he wants to you know his team to believe in him or whatever um he's a really interesting figure in this conversation because he's not he's not who you cast for the part of the coach that gets the reputation for doing it that way he, he gets credit for being aggressive, and that's how he talks about it, whereas it's mostly going to be simple math. Like you're, it's, it's fair to say, like, is that actually what the Lions are about, or is it, is it more sort of just a gut thing? Yeah. But it's really, really, just, it's really just math, whether those guys want to admit it. Let's go to John here next. Hi, John. Hey, guys. How you doing? You know what? Like you said, re- it's respectable and commendable that he stayed true to himself, but, I mean, aren't – is there a different set of analytics in a lose and you're out, go home for the year situation versus regular season? And, I mean, that's the debate to me. Like, I, I just don't see how it's not that more emphasis isn't, isn't being put on the, that, you know, that particular fact. is You lose and you're out. That's not in the regular season. I know, but you know, the I, regular season, I, you'll... I, I have never understood, John, why that would matter. It is often mentioned, like the, the whole point of the, the analytics – the numbers are within the game, and you're not you're not not trying to win to the max in week four. Like in, in it's week right, four right, right. or the playoffs, it's about your best chance of winning that day, and that's it. So I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me. Maybe there's some reason to think that it should because it's often mentioned. Like you're saying, it doesn't matter to me when the game is played. Yeah, I, I'm just trying to get. I, I'm just so torn right now. I'm, just, I, I'm having a hard time picking a side here. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be swayed one way or the other. Like, you know what? I just, I just think that you just have to have a different gear in the postseason. Uh, you know, you guys might get the, uh, or uh, Mike might get like the poker reference. There's a saying on a poker table, you know, in a tournament, especially sometimes you got to be able to change gears. And uh, I just think, you know, you, you accumulate all the chips in a tournament, you might have to change it up a little bit and play a different game uh, at a different point in the tournament. I just think of this as relatable as like in the mm-hmm. postseason. I think you got to find a different gear uh, at, cer- at certain points, and that's where I was at with Dan Campbell. And, and yeah, I'm not taking anything away from him. What he did in Detroit's amazing, and he's going to go forward. And uh, you know, he, he's great. He's awesome. But in this particular moment, like 
not doing that field goal, uh, you know, to go up 17 and a lose and you're out scenario, you know, I'm I just oh, having a hard time, guys. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm sure it'll be talked about the next couple hours. Uh, maybe I can be played and other people will call in with points. But, man, I don't know. I just thought I just thought another gear uh, in that situation, uh, you know, uh, you know, should be uh, should have been, you know, should have been uh, put into you know, putting the play there, but all right, I'll hang up and uh, continue to listen. Thanks guys. Thank you. Well, the, the, the example I was using a few minutes ago, um, I think is pertinent here. W- what McDermott did in 20 with the bills in Kansas city, kicking field goals, short field goals. Um, you know, that, that I think was doing it differently because of the big stage and because of the stakes and they got their field goals, and they lost by what, 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 20, whatever. They, I mean, they, they got hammered in the game. And I don't know how much different a game it is if if they, they you know, don't settle for those field goals. I'm not assuming they would have converted, you know, both of them. But, well, I don't know, that's an example of a coach, I think, wilting in the face of the big stake, and it hurt his team. I think most of it. When it gets attention, it's the difference between kicking and not. And, like, you never heard a word about McDermott that day from any anybody else. Like, we we talked about it because we scrutinized everything that happens in every Bills game. Right. But it wasn't like, you know, today with Detroit where they're having panel shows talking about whether he was wrong to kick the field goals. Football likes it when you kick the field goals. They talk the, the vernacular, the way it's phrased – it's implied that you will always make the kick, take the points. Right. Where, like, is there any consideration to the possibility that you would miss a 46-yard field goal in the pressure of the NFC Championship on the road, on grass? Like, can we at least mention that? I I still don't. I mean, I appreciate the poker attempt always, um, but that's different because your strategy changes. I guess it's like having the lead in a game. It's all in there already. With the, with the win probability stuff, it's all in there already. How big a favorite or underdog are you? How much time is left? Where's the ball on the field? Down in distance, score, or at least margin of lead or how much you're trailing by, if not exactly the score. All, all of that is in there. So if you had a, a poker calculator, you, you have the chip lead, and your calculator would tell you how you should adjust your play. And that's what the caller is talking about. Like, should you adjust? It's all already figured out. And you're allowed to use a calculator on the sideline or in the booth, as opposed to at a, you know, World Series of Poker table, where I don't think you are. <laughs> Not that I've ever been on one. But anyway, I just wish, just what at least I don't know. It's what people are talking about. Okay, I know it's one of my things. I just wish it were in the conversation were in better faith, in good faith, like the caller here is offering. You know, mm-hmm. he, he he's making a good faith point and debate about what to do there and so many like the the florios of the world just cannot wait to come out from under their rock and pound you with how you should always kick and the people that have forced this on the league so to speak don't belong who invited them anonymous coaches who tell make fun of it like this is your chance this is one of those days where you can make Mm -hmm. fun of it right and it's just like no interest it seems at all in being right. It's not about being right. And those conversations are useless to me in life. They, they are unfortunate. If you're not trying to be right, what are you doing? 
Like, that's what we're talking about here is what was the right decision, not what, you know, you feel is right, unless, you know, it's not something you can analyze. This, of course, is something you can analyze. So you should want to be, if you're talking to somebody about it that doesn't want to be right, they just want to sort of push their point in your face, you know, all you can do is walk away. Like, you can't use that. It should be about, you know, work talking it out with the other side, people on the other side, like in anything, where you're actually trying to get to a place where, you know, you can kind of agree or understand each other. And a guy like Florio just hurts the cause. He just, he has, there's, he has no value. He offers no value to the actual discussion and the effort to try to understand what might be, not every situation has a right and a wrong. Some are really close like this. That's what I would say about these. They're really close. Um, and I say that because the numbers say that. That's yeah, the, right. The, bo- bo- both of those fourth down calls were like barely go for it, right? Like 50 point something percent. Ch- you know, change, change the wind. Pr- it, so it, it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. They, they were almost coin flips. Yep. That's right. Okay. Well... There it is. Mike Schopen, the Bulldog, back after sports. Or no, no update quite yet. We'll have a short break. I should know when the, when the updates are. Uh, Sal will be with us at 5. That's after an update, just for the record. Stay tuned. This is WGR. Mike Schopen, the Bulldog, welcome back. Sal Capaccio coming up just after 5, so pretty soon. Let's go to Jay here. Hi, Jay. Hey guys, how's it going? Good, Jay. Thanks. Good, good. Just one one extra point. I was thinking about yesterday watching the game. I'm not an anti analytics guy. Like, if a guy's good, he's got good analytics. If, if you're bad, you're bad, right? Like, that's how I view analytics. And there is probability, and everything is math. I totally agree. But in that situation, like the narrative of you know he gets that first down on the fourth and two instead of going up 17. It's almost like we're taking it as if he gets that. It's an odd, like he's still got work to do, right? Like you're at the 28, you still have a few plays left. You might score a touchdown. You're still up three scores. So the narrative is almost like if he gets it, they're up like four scores. Mm-hmm. Like 
it's over. Like, San Fran is finished. So it's such a big difference from being up 21 or 17 on that moment. To me, it's still three scores. Yeah, it's going to be harder to get the 21 than the 17. But, listen, I love Dan Campbell, and, and he does go for it in the right times. But I am a guy that I 100%, this isn't the first five minutes of game. You return the kickoff and then a pick six and got a field goal, and you got four quarters left. You had a quarter and a half left. You could have went up 17. I think that should factor into it a lot more than I think what people are, are talking about, and that's just my opinion. I, I, I could be totally different than what you guys think. I just think in that moment, listen, you're the underdog, uh, and being up three scores, I would have felt a lot on that sideline at the defense being up three scores than being up 14. I just gave the ball away, and look what happened. Okay. Um, I'll just say – Look, if you're if you're going to go by the numbers, then you ha- you do that, and it's another a lot, lot of you know the, po- the points Jay makes are are fine, but of course, the time left in the game is in in the numbers. Like it's not that you have to decide based on okay, I see what my win probability here is, but um, hmm, it's the middle of the third quarter, so X. No, like it already knows that it's the middle of the third quarter. So you know, you really just either you either you don't, you could make exceptions. I mean, I don't think it has to just sort of be always what it says, especially when it's close like this. You know, that's what coaches are paid to yeah. figure out. He took a field goal at the end of the half. That's right. right. What was that fourth and what was that? It was longer though. I think on it maybe. Well, what's better about that is like San Francisco's not getting the ball back. Like that's the that's the end of the first half. Right. What one reason why this applies more to like if you're inside the 5-yard line where if you go for it and miss, well then they start at their 5-yard line. Advantage you. But right. on, on not, that one 28, yeah, not it's, pertinent. It's halftime. So um again, the the numbers know all that. Like sure. Stray once in a while if if you feel like you need to because you're the head coach, they're paying you millions and that's how it is. Really, though, a lot of the discourse that comes out after we have one of these, like last night, it's stuff that they've already figured out. It's already sort of, what's the word I want? Baked in, I keep saying, in the, in the stats, in the, in the yeah. WP model. The thing I like the most about his decisions, even, you know, <laughs> obviously the thing you like the least is that it didn't They work. lost, yeah. Uh, and, and they ended up losing the game, but... I always I think it's really risky when you change who you are and how you do it based on the level of competition you're in. Whether you're on the road, you're the underdog, you're in a conference championship game, like just just do do what you do. And if what you do, which is the, 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 this coach and this team, definitively this year, they went for it. They were more than anyone. So be who you are. Um, you know I. I if you if you if it backfires, then so be it. I mean, I, I think Campbell, boy, he's really become such an interesting figure in the league. From all the jokes about the kneecaps and the coffee order and all the stuff when he first got the gig, to now, um, just what a what a turn, what a what a turn. Sal, next, Mike Schoep and the Bulldog, WGR. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 